This is the weekly Parsha Shior with Rabbi Chaim Bravender of Atid and WebYeshiva.org. Recorded live in Jerusalem at Beit Knesset Haramban. Visit www.webyeshiva.org for live interactive online shiurim today. This is Rabbi Jeff Sachs of Atid and the Web Yeshiva sitting with Rabbi Chaim Bravender for a special rerun shir for Parshat Vayikra on the difference between Vayikra and Vayidaber. We're re-recording this year, which took place live last night in Jerusalem, because technical difficulties prevented us from bringing you the recording. This year is dedicated by the family of Florence Greenwald Dreisinger, Shalom, in commemoration of her Yorick site, by her children, special friends, and students of Rabbi Brothers. Um. Thank you, Rabbi Sachs. I, I added last night that the Dreisingers are actually very good friends, and uh, we're very happy to be able to uh, do a sheer dedicated in honor of the Franz Greenwald Dreisinger Allah Show. If we look at the first pasuk, the first pasuk in the parsha Vayikra we notice a graphic aberration. And that is that the letter Aleph is written smaller than the others. I mean, it's not only in the printed sheets that you receive, but in every Sefer Torah, this Aleph is written as a small Aleph. And if you look in the Korean Tanakh, which is a very accurate reproduction of a Sefer Torah, you would see that this Aleph is written in a small way. Now that should call everybody's attention or, or create the need for everybody to say something, but as we'll see, we'll go through the Rishon and we'll see that uh, they don't really uh, uh, interest themselves in this question. So, uh, if you look at the beginning of the Rashi, the Rashi says, That means these verbs, Dalet Bet Resh and Aleph Men Resh, all of them are, and the third is Tzadi Vav all of those verbs relate to God turning to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Rashi points out that Kriya. So this is a normal thing, that there are two verbs, Vayikra and Vayedaber. That's how Rashi, how Rashi explains that. However, Rashi doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything about that little Aleph in the Vayikra. And then he goes on and he makes a point, and he says, about, uh, and he makes the point again, Lashon Shemalachei Asharet Mishtam Shimbo, this is the language that is used when the angels uh, speak to each other. We know that uh, we say it every day when we daven. So, what is the Lashon in other words, there is this, this word, this, this word in Hebrew, which you could have with an aleph or without an aleph. With an aleph means 
to call to and in a positive way. And without the knowledge by Yukar, it's like the word mikre, something that happens accidentally and unplanned. And therefore, when God spoke to the uh, to Bilam, uh, he did it in an unplanned, unexpected way, uh, like a lower level of contact. So when uh, God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, I mean, that's a higher level of uh, contact. Uh, but Rashi uh, actually creates here a dilemma. If I try to figure out why the Aleph is a little Aleph, so I would say, well, it's by being hidden. There's less of it. So that if the two uh, ends of the spectrum are by Yikra, that's like God really talking to Moshe Rabbeinu positively, and then by Yikar, which is God talking to Bilam in a bad way. So this is kind of in between. The Aleph is there, but it's reduced. But what does that mean? That this time when God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't so lovingly, it wasn't so positively. Uh, Rashi doesn't relate to that, but Rashi himself has created that problem for us. Rashi has created that problem. And somehow we have to figure out uh, what the word Vayikra means with the little Aleph in the Rashi scheme of things. But Rashi goes on and he says, his second comment is, that it was, even though voice uh, is usually, uh, uh, you can't control who hears the sound. But in this case, even though all the people were there, they didn't hear God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. They call Yisrael lo shomim, yechol av lavsakot, Aita Kriya, so Rashi then goes on and he says, he says, what about Hafsakot? What about, when in every conversation there are times when the person who's speaking sort of slows down, stops, maybe waits some period of time. He says, what about when God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and there was a Hafsaka? Talmud L'dibur ha'ita kriya. That the kriya was for the dibur. In other words, God called to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, listen to what I'm about to say. Uh, and he didn't mean listen to when I am not speaking, to the in-between sentences, which is really a, like a kind of an interesting idea. And Rashi goes on and says, Ma so if God said, you don't have to listen to the Hafsakot, so what was it that, why were the Hafsakot? Why, why did you not speak uh, sort of uh, 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 in an ongoing manner? Now what could that possibly mean? And while Moshe Rabbeinu was learning the Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a most perfect manner, Moshe Rabbeinu said, wait a second, I didn't get that. Let me think that over. Let me, give me a chance to, to reconsider. I mean, well, I mean, you can make a drosha about how good reconsideration is and thinking, and, and, but, but what does it mean when the Torah is going out of its way to say uh, that there's, there are spaces but he left in spaces in order that he should be able to spaces of silence in order that Moshe Rabbeinu should be able to consider 
what was going on. So here you could say, Rashi's really answering the question of why Vayikra has a small olive. Like, you know, if it's a big olive, then it's just God talking without Moshe Rabbeinu consider, uh, reconsidering. But here the olive uh, uh, is a small olive, so maybe it means that it's the kind of speech where, Moshe Rabbe, where God gives Moshe Rabbeinu the chance to reconsider. In any event, Rashi doesn't mention that. That's something that we would add on our own, and therefore it's hard to say that uh, we, we know for sure that we are right. Okay, that's what that's what the uh, uh, that's what the, the Rashi that uh, relates to us uh, has to say, except for the last word Lemor. You see, by now Lemor is a very common word that's used to introduce a direct quote. This is what God said. Nevertheless, having you know said that. Uh, you have to uh, admit that it's kind of cumbersome. I, did a little, I remember that uh, when Abba Evan used to speak, he used to uh, used to use Lamar a lot. He'd say, he used to quote himself, or he'd say, "This is what I have to say, Lamar." You know, uh, but in the Torah, well, what do you need it for? Why does God have to say Lamar? We know that God is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. So listen to Rashi. Rashi says Lamar is new concept. There's a mess, there's a message in that word Lamor. So Like Moshe Rabbeinu goes on and it says, goes out to the people and says, You have to understand that this great event of God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu is all for you. All the thirty eight years that Bnei Yisrael were punished they were kind of they were the desert the desert is not a place of life and, and, and doing anything so it was as though they were as a community they were out of the community wherever community is they were not there where did the 38 years start from the all of that time God did not speak intimately with Moshe Rabbeinu Shneemar that's when it happened. By the Ber Hashem that that's when uh, so that that the chait in, in in other words the relationship that Moshe Rabbeinu had with the Kodesh Baruch which is defined as the relationship uh, uh, as defined as a very intimate relationship a very a, a, a Torah transmitting relationship that only existed if the condition of Bishvilchem who nidbar imi Bishvilchem that as long as God was speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu and telling him the Torah it was always for B'nai Yisrael it was always for B'nai Yisrael that's Bishvilchem who nidbar imi I'm stressing this uh as we will see for a special reason. Shekain Maksinu, we saw that 38 years that God did not speak that way to Moshe Rabbeinu until the very end. Devarachir, as she says, Tzevamolem Devarai, Vashiveni Im Yikablum. 
Now this is of course uh, that the laymar. Laymar means you, Moshe Rabbeinu, go and ask them if they accept the words that I am giving you, that I am giving you, uh, which are the words of the Torah. That's laymar. To Moshe Amar, so Rashi says that this is like when Moshe Rabbeinu went to B'nai Yisrael and asked them if they wanted to accept the Torah, and they said, but they already said that. Why do they have to say it again? Why do Moshe Rabbeinu have to, why should Lemur mean go and talk to them about the idea that I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, am teaching you the Torah and you, therefore, want to teach them the Torah. How do they feel about that? Are they ready for that? Right? It's some kind of a, some kind of a question. <coughs> okay. Uh, I just want to remind you I will remind you of another issue which is uh, found at the end of the parasha of Pekudeh, right? The parasha that we, by Yaakov Pekudeh, we read last week. The last psukim in the parasha of Pekudeh are these. So we have these two things. There's an Anana cloud which we can explain, I think, legitimately as being a cloud, representing somehow the presence of God that was a cloud at Har Sinai. But then, it says Kavod, Kavod Hashem Malayat HaMishka. What's Kavod Hashem? What does it refer to? I mean, was it different than the Anan? Does it look like an Anan? but it's like a maybe different shade of gray. But here in the Pasuk, they're clearly distinguished. There's Anan, and there's Kvod Hashem. So, what could that possibly mean? I don't know. The, the Rishonim don't really help us on that. But the next Pasuk says, Anan. <laughs> that there are two reasons that Moshe or two things that are preventing Moshe Rabbeinu from coming into Olam Moed one is called Anan and the other is called Kvod Hashem so the Torah maintains these, uh, this distinction then there are two psukim about the Anan that when the Anan uh, sort of like levitates above the Oromoe, that's a sign that they have to move on. The Anan just stays put, the day Yisrael also stays put until the day that the Anan uh, uh, goes up again. So all of these psukim. All these psukim are about Moshe Rabbeinu's inability to go in. Because if the Anan is on the, on the uh, Olamo, he can't go in. And if the Anan removes itself, or like levitates away, so then they come and they take the Olamo apart so that they can carry it. So it doesn't go going in. What, what, what is he going in? So now let's look at, look at the three sources quickly. Rashi. Rashi says, So he quotes the famous Medrash, 
וכתוב אחד אומר בבוא משה אל אור מועד, זה לא דפוסק בצימס דסי, that משה רבינו can go to the old מועד whenever he wishes. וכתוב השלישי, here he means the third phrase, there's a phrase here in our פסוק that we are learning, כי שכן עליו הענן, שכן עליו הענן, that's what it says in פסוק ל"ה. So it says, וכתוב השלישי, ויכריע ביניהם, כי שכן עליו הענן, אמור מעתה, כל זמן שהיה עליו הענן ולא יכול לבוא, נסתלק הענן, נכנס ומדבר עמו, מדבר, right? Like a hitfield, a hitspael, I'm sorry, that they spoke to each other, מדבר עמו. So in other words, Rashi creates, or Chazal creates a third possibility. A, the ענן is on the OMH Hegelin, B, the Anan is floating off, means you have to take everything apart to start moving. And the third possibility is that the Anan kind of goes up a little bit, and, it's, uh, it, and you can still go. You can still go into the OMOA, but that third possibility is not so clear in the Psukim that are, that are quoted. Not so clear. So look up the Rashbam. You remember that the Rashbam is Rashi's grandson. And very devoted to Rashi's commentary. It's not that the Rashbam didn't come to write a commentary because he thought that the Rashi's commentary was un- unacceptable. Or um, you, you see that in the uh, in the Rashbam, the the opening line in the Rashbam, the first part in Vayikra, that's on the first page. Right. You also see it here in this uh, extra. Uh, where is that? Oh, yeah. All right. Good. But uh, I, I want to let's look at this uh, Rashbam also. We'll see. Rashbam says this: "Bishata kamato ki shachanu la'anan liyad la'arot chibato shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael." Achakach ayam istalega anan mitocha oel v'shachan al ha'aron k'dechtiv lo'adik l'asham. So, in other words, there's he, he divides up the stages differently. Remember that the that the Oemoid uh, was put up. And then there were the Shivas, you made me Lu'im. When Moshe had to took it apart, they put it together, took it apart. And only at the end of these days that are called Milu'im uh, was the Oel Moed functional. So he says at the beginning, he says, Shachan Alava Abnon Miyad. Before the Oel Moed was really functional, there was already a cloud. Laharok Shivatosh Akadosh Baruch Ha Yisrael. היה מסתלק הענן מתוך האוהל ושכן על הארון. Then the, the, this ענן moved from the, or the part of the ענן that was in the oil moed went specifically to a place above the oil, the Aron Kodesh, right? The Aron Kodesh had the Luchot in it. And then there was the kaporet, which is a covering of the Aron Kodesh, and then there were the kruvim. So at the beginning, the Anan filled up the whole Oel Moed, but after a while, after the Oel Moed was really functional, then the Anan moved, the Anan moved to the, um, uh, the Anan moved to the place in between the Kruvim on top of the Kaporet, not the Aron in the, in the Oel Moed, right? And then, Vazba Moshe, Ol Moe, Kirchtiv, Bo Moshe, El Ohel Moe. In other words, he demystifies it. 
He says, of course the Pasuk says, Bebo Moshe, that most, there was a period of time when Lo Yachol Moshe, and there's another period of time when Yachol Moshe. So he disagrees with Rashi on this point, where Rashi seems to say, Rashi seems to say, well, you know, sometimes he could go in, sometimes he couldn't go in, that this is talking about the period of time when the Olmo aid was functional. And according to, according to uh, uh, the Rajivam, it's, it's like linear. Like first there was this situation, and then there was another, another situation. There's no contradiction between the Psukim. There's no reason to come up with any fancy obligations. So that again you see that there is a machloket about the relationship of Moshe Rabbeinu, a second machloket, right? We saw the first machloket, it's by Yikro, by Yedaper, Lemo, that there's a machloket about how God related exactly to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that Moshe Rabbeinu had to go and ask permission from the day Israel. The second thing we see is that when it comes to access, accessibility to the OMO aids, according to Rashi, it was more limited, because you had to wait. Moshe Rabbeinu himself had to wait until the Anan went up somehow, and he was invited to come into the Olam Mu'ed, whereas according to the, uh, uh, the Rashbam, no, Lo Yechol Moshe is a short period of time. And after that, it turned into Uben Lo Moshe. That's what the, uh, as far as the relationship, there's this additional uh, there's this additional note here at the bottom, which it doesn't appear in all the Rashbamim, but does appear in the one that you're looking at, if you're looking at it. He says, Masher, Sam Libo, Lidvar Yoksreinu, Al Yazuzmi Nimuke Yizekeini Rabbi Shlomo Vayamushmiyev. says, even though I have this other pshat, it doesn't mean that you can, uh, you can reject the pshat of Rashi, my grandfather. Kirov halachot u'drashot shemahem krovim v'pshutei ha'mikra l'shon yesh l'mot kulam v'tov asher techus b'zeh asher perashti v'jamizeh al kadach yadcha So in other words, he's challenging us. He's challenging us somehow to figure out how you could say Rashi's pshat and his pshat at the same time. Whereas Rashi's pshat, as you know, is Rashi's pshat is uh, uh, that there's really a contradiction. And you can only resolve that by having two situations ever present. Where Rashbam says it's all it's a linear thing, it's history. First there was this situation, then there was that situation. How do you resolve those two things? Lo Yodea, but this brings us to the Svatame. This uh, this whole uh, problem uh, brings us to the Svatame. And the Svatame starts off by saying Vayikra Alav Ziira. Aleph Ve'ira is the way it's reported in the Mesorah. And the Balaturim, who is a parish on the Mesorim, I, I didn't quote it, but the Balaturim, for example, tries to deal with this problem. Balaturim was not a Risho. Right? Not Rashi, not Rashbam, not Ibn Ezra, not Ramban. But uh, the Balaturim, because it's a parish on the... On the uh, on the Mesorah tried to, to deal with it, but on the issue of the small Aleph. Yeah, why there's a small Aleph in this world? And the other Mepharshim, even though we saw in Rashi, you might be able to attribute Rashi to the idea of a small Aleph against the big Aleph, but Rashi himself doesn't mention it. It's hard to imagine that Rashi's safer Torah, certainly the Mechachai, who I think was in the 16th century, which doesn't exactly make him a Risho, uh, 
said that all the Sifrei Torah has that small olive. And so it's hard, hard to imagine that Rashi left it out or didn't consider it because he didn't have it. It must have had. But well, that, isn't, it, isn't his Kairush kind of predicated on the idea that that's the way it is? That what's the way it is? That it's small olive. I don't know. I mean, you could say that. Right, you could argue that, but you would think that Rashi would mention it. I mean, Rashi is the same Rashi who mentioned uh, the dots on the uh, the dots, for example. But I'm, I'm thinking about the Noach Motzachein. The word Chain, Rashi says that the nun is reversed, and then he says a drasha based on that. But the nun is not reversed in any of the. Uh, so I would say, according to Rashi, what difference does it make? In, in, in other words, in other words the Jerusha was based on the, on the same Torah that somebody had where the Nun was reversed. So it's trouble to mention it. Yeah, but the fact that we don't have that same Torah doesn't, doesn't affect the legitimacy of the Jerusha. Because the Jerusha represents an idea, not only a technique. So the idea is there. I mean, why not quote it? I mean, if you feel that it's helpful to the to the students. But anyway, the Svatavimus says, "Vayikra Alziyura." That's a quote of the of the Misur. Dehinei Moshe Rabbeinu Lava Shalom, Kibel Kol Atorah Ba'Avim Yov Ba'Avim La'Yilav B'Shamayim. So he asked the question that we asked. I mean, we sort of asked it, but he answered it clearer, much more clearly. It says, after all, Moshe Rabbeinu received the whole Torah. Pashamayim came. Lava ne'mar lo parshiyot elu ba'omu eid. Lamata. So why did this whole process have to go on? Where Moshe Rabbeinu is called into Olmo eid. He's taught a little bit of the Torah and then he goes back. Raksha b'nei Yisrael lo yumuchanim lekabel ha-Torah shenemra lo vashamayim. It must be that b'nei Yisrael were not ready were not ready, not prepared to accept the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu received a Shemayim. Remember that after Beisho uh, said not seven Ishma, then Moshe Rabbeinu said he's going. We're going back up to get the Torah. But Beisho said, "No, not us. You, you go get the Torah. Why? Why should we go? We'll get. We will get it from you." And that was after maybe you know that was after the Chet Ha'Ego. V'zesha Amar v'yedaber leMor. Rashi said, this was a special learning of the Torah. You could say downgrading the Sefer Torah. Right? Who said that? Oh, that was Rashi. Remember Rashi? If you look back, I mean, this is a, it's worth the look. You see the you see the Rashi on Vayikra Perak Alaposik Aleph, the word Lemor. Right, see at the bottom of the Rashi? Say the Emor Lahem Kibushim. Now who those Direi Kibushim doesn't sound like the Torah. Right? It sounds like something else. Like you could say Direi Tolchacha, you could say Direi Kibushim. In other words, you have to get them you have to bring them to the point where they appreciate what I'm going to Teach you, and you're going to teach them. That's the great Yibushim. Bishvilchem pul midbar imi. It's for you that God is speaking to me. But why? 
why is God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu after all that Moshe Rabbeinu already received the Torah so actually in a way what is happening is the Torah is being downgraded the Torah that they might have received at Har Sinai had they expressed a true willingness to just go for it you know but they weren't they weren't willing to do that so now the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that he's restating the Torah in a way that they can understand and accept. People who insisted on the intermediary, right? The intermediary is a, is a, is a theme in the stories of the Torah. And in this case, the Moshe Avenu being the intermediary, he couldn't be the intermediary because his Torah, the Torah he learned in Art Sinai, was too sophisticated. So you have to people. like lowercase it. Somehow, you have to, lowercase it very good. I'm going to give them the Torah that they can accept. That's not beyond them. That doesn't give them uh, a nervous reaction. So the little Aleph is telegraphing the idea that you're getting it the Cliff Notes version. The uh, or the little Aleph version, right? In other words, that's what, so that's the answer of the Svatimet, of why there's a little Aleph, and of course for the Svatimet, this idea is indicated, again in Rashi and Hazal, he also says, he also points out, this is what, uh, but not a fun, this is not a function of the Chetah Egel, but of the what happened after the first two deep rows. He doesn't, he doesn't explain that. He doesn't explain that, but you could say that, or you could say it's a cumulative thing, that the Chayta Egel was an expression of their limited view of things. Uh-huh. They said, you know, Abad Azar is probably also as long as Moshe Rabbeinu is there. And, uh, you know, they had certain kind of, they weren't, they didn't have the Torah Malpeh. So they weren't able to come to correct conclusions. So here we have... Uh, that's the real Torah. But they dumbed down that dumbed down Moshe Rabbeinu. And he wasn't able to give them all the insights from the Torah Shemichtav. And so that what would happen is they needed Torah Shemalpeh. So even though Torah Shemalpeh is very difficult, but it has, it, it has a security to it, that you're going in the right direction, that you have more information that is piled up. And then he says, He, he, the Svatimet, Kemosh Yikadam B'Midrash, Ashei Tivcha V'Tikra, V'Chira, V'Chirat Moshe V'Chira, that's Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the chosen one, V'Kema Yum Menuchanim V'Nei Yisrael Matantara, Shinifru L'Chiyot Chelek Hashem Amon. If you go back, I skipped one uh, uh, here on the third line. The Zeli Muda Yavikatznut Mumadreget Moshe Rabbeinu Olav Shalom. The Lagabei Milta Zutris Ahi. Milta Zutris is a Gemara Brachas that says that for Moshe Rabbeinu Emunah, right? Avas Hashem was an easy thing. It was Milton Zutrasov. So for other people, it's a great, it's a great effort. So you see that according to the Swat Emet, Swat Emet, that Kabbalah Satorah, Kabbalah Satorah was, uh, was about uh, Yerashamayim. It was about somehow getting yourself straight before, before HaKodesh, before HaKodesh Baruch It's also, uh, it also seems to be true according to uh, 
according to Tzad Emet, when Bnei Yisrael asked Moshe to be the interloper and get the Torah on their behalf, that they already understood that they were not on a par with Moshe Rabbeinu. Not only in the sense that Moshe Rabbeinu had to be the vehicle, and they couldn't be the vehicle, but they couldn't even understand what Moshe Rabbeinu was going to give them. And like you see all over the Nitzim, this idea that getting the Torah Shabbat seems to be a lower level of Kabbalah Torah. And that's why the little Aleph appears at the beginning of the word of Ayikra, because there is this doubt about uh, what's happening and how Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be the intermediary and how the new Torah is going to, not new in the sense that it's different, but new that it's not quite as profound. You don't get the, the Mempes Share profundity that you would get with Moshe Rabbeinu. You just get what you could get. And that's why Yikra El Moshe, the very love, Lemur. Have a good Shabbos.